Hello, my fans, friends. Welcome to the Rich Terring podcast feed, powered by ACAS Plus. Thanks to everyone who's come to see the Can I Have My Ball Back tour so far. It's been going really well. I've got a four-star review in The Standard, four-star review in The Telegraph, who once called me the worst comedy experience of the year, so that's a turnaround. Uh, people have been coming, people have really been enjoying it, and it's getting better and better. The only gigs this week are both in Pocklington, the town I was born in, near York. Uh, there's a couple of tickets left for the evening show and a few more tickets left for the matinee, I think about 4.30. But love to see you there, Yorkshire. Pop along. Check richardherring.com slash ballback slash tour or richardherring.com slash gigs to see if I'm coming near to you. There are tickets left for nearly every show in the tour. I think Norwich has sold out. Uh, and a couple of gigs in London could do with your support as well. Anyway, please listen to the podcast. Do spread the news about the podcast to your friends. Listen as much as you can. Numbers are slightly down, which may affect the future of this podcast. So just leave it playing, even if you're not in the room. Love you. <laughs> now sit back, relax and enjoy whatever it is you're going to listen to. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hello there. Welcome back to Rich Terring's That's the Square Theatre podcast. It's episode 101. And uh, my guest is Ian Lee. Ian Leaf, as we used to call him on uh, this morning, Richard, not Judy. Uh, we are putting all this out for free, as usual, on audio and on video. We haven't thought of any way to pay for it yet. So if you want to help us pay for this series, you can go to www.gofasterstripe.com slash badges. Uh, all the money made on badges in June and July will go to help fund this. So that's both monthly and one-off. Also, if you go to GoFasterStripe, you could buy this, the Rahalastapa. Rahalastapa, stop saying that, you people down there kickstarter dvd this is a dvd of me interviewing myself here on the stage at the Leicester square theater for an hour in front of a frankly confused audience uh so if you would like to see that uh then that's this dvd is the only way to do it there's also the backstage interviews from season seven that you can only get if you're a badge subscriber um and if 300 people were to buy is it that few could be 300 people were to buy this then we would pay for all the expenses of this series that's not much is it so if you haven't got it yet why don't you buy this or just buy a badge or just enjoy this stuff for free until we go bankrupt and can't do any more let's listen to richard herring's leicester square theater podcast ladies and gentlemen welcome to the leicester square theater (laughs) 
The big question that everyone's asking is, which, this series, which rich will it be? Will it be fat rich or slightly less fat rich? <laughs> Please welcome him. He's a man who spent his Saturday morning kneeling on the floor between Bonnie Langford and a woman off of TOWIE pretending to move a small piece of paper around as if it was a human being. I think that happens. <laughs> Please welcome, which one will it be, Richard Herring? Rich. We take it in turns. Uh, I do it. Uh, fat Rich does one series and slightly less Fat Rich does the next series. Got very different characters. I'm more jovial <laughs> due to my fatness. Welcome to the show. Welcome to series nine of Richard Herring's Letter and uh, episode 101 of Richard Herring's Letter Square Theatre Podcast. I was down at the disco uh, the other day and there were some kids on rollerblades. They had like headbands on. They called it Rahalastapa. I don't know where that's. I don't know where that started. So uh, it's been it's been ages since we, they've been going out every week. So it feels like to you like they've been happening all the time. But uh, it's been ages since I've done this. I have no idea what I'm doing anymore. I've forgotten how to do it. Uh, so uh, the it's been the celebrity year of death so far, isn't it? In 2016, uh, the Peter Schaefer died today. Yeah, <laughs> thought I'd break that to you. He wrote Equus. And Amadeus, 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 he didn't write that one. <laughs> he's not that good. He's no fat, but he's dead as well, I have to tell you. So, uh, and thanks to Peter Schaefer, I have seen Harry Potter's penis. So, you know, that is, he didn't die in vain. <laughs> that was the best thing he did. Uh, and uh, so it's, it's an, awful, an awful year, so we'll probably get up talking uh, about that. Uh, I, I was uh, on the Saturday show on Saturday uh, that's when they should put it out it's convenient uh, uh, with Bonnie Langford who I love from uh, Just William some of you remember you'll remember from Just William the rest of you remember from Doctor Who uh, or uh, Gypsy all sorts of things she's been in uh, and uh, Fern McCann who apparently is she's from uh, reality TV and uh, Russell Brand's penis uh, so <laughs> and I, I, I was quite ill I had the shits on Saturday I have to tell you and uh, I might have hallucinated this, but I did... I, you know, I said I'll do anything to get back on TV, but I was kneeling on the floor between the two of them, manipulating the legs of a, of a paper man while an orangutan picked at my hair. <laughs> that didn't happen, did it? That didn't... That, that clearly... That was just a dream. Uh, and uh, there's lots of great things have happened in um, medicine. There's been a penis transplant in America. I don't know if you saw this... Which is a worry that it's good if you have lost your penis in an accident or a botched circumcision or in, you know, in action, you know, cancer of the penis, if you've had that, then this is good news for you. You can do penis transplants. I'm worried. I've got a very lovely penis. And what if rich people start saying, no, I can just change my penis whenever I want, like it's Wurzel Gummidge's head. Um, they'd come after this beauty. They would say, what kind of, it's like a fashion accessory. So there's a worrying time. For me, for me and the men with the beautiful penises, that we will be harvested. <laughs> Who will be in control of that? That's the question. So we'll, we may talk about that. Uh, organs can be grown inside pigs as well now. With, but when will hands be grown inside pigs? That is the question. <laughs> when that happens, all my dreams will come true. Um, 
And uh, I've been on holiday in Cornwall recently. And uh, when I got to, uh, uh, when I arrived at Cornwall, it's lovely. You're on holiday. Everyone's friendly down in Cornwall. We went across to the pub to have uh, some food, and we we got in there. We went in. I've got a small baby. We went into the uh, restaurant, and they wouldn't. They said they said there was no tables, even though there was no one in there. But we could go in the bistro, which was literally just some chairs over there. So we went in there, and there was a couple of middle-aged ladies in there. And we, my daughter. Uh, she's very clever for her age, she's 15 months old, she picked up a, a napkin, she had a bit of a sniffy nose and blew her own nose and I was very impressed with that and then I said, oh, go and blow, blow your nose and she blew her nose and I thought, that's amazing, she's a very clever girl and I said, go on, look, Phoebe, look at your bogeys uh, and then these two women who were eating in there said, do you mind, people are eating in here which, you know, I thought was a bit of an overreaction, it was a charming moment but I, but I realised I'd overstepped a mark uh, and I, I apologised and the woman said, I should think so <laughs> I, can't, I can't believe I didn't I, I sort of sat there and just laughed and smirked at my wife who was furious but that is that is not the way to accept an apology is it I should think so That's kind of, that hasn't happened since the 1970s so I was annoyed by that uh, this is what's been happening to me uh, oh, and if you're a fan of me one versus me two snooker <laughs> then uh, uh, I have been recognised as a transgressive artist and I'm genuinely at the end of July uh, I will be performing three frames of Me One Versus Me Two Snooker live at, uh, at an arts festival called Tempting Failure. Uh, the act before me is a man who cooks his own feces. He, poo- <laughs> he poos in a he poos in a pot and then cooks it and offers it to you to eat. And then I will be playing snooker. <laughs> it's the best thing that has ever happened to me in the world of transgressive art. You know. Someone who doesn't cook their own shit, he's the really transgressive one. You? And they go, well, at what point will you be cooking your shit during the snooker? I go, well, I probably won't cook it at all. I'll probably just hold it in until afterwards. <laughs> Though I think me too might try and wee in a cup and then trick me wanting to drink in it. That is my... We'll see how that goes. So do uh, buy tickets for that. There's lots of great... <laughs> It's, I was hoping to get Grayson Perry on this this series. About, it's not going to happen this series, but I will, did, I will hopefully get him on the next series, and we'll talk about. Our, I'm hoping to win the Turner Prize with this. Genuinely, I'm, I'm serious about it. And you can only win the Turner Prize before you're 50, so I've got to get a shift on. Uh, anyway, look, we've got. I've got. Uh, oh, there's loads of stuff because uh, Jody. Someone interviewed Jody Foster, and, and lots of people are stealing my questions. But they asked Jody Foster whether she prefer a hand made out of ham or an armpit that dispensed sun cream. And uh, Jodie Foster went for the sun cream armpit because she's quite uh, fair-skinned. <laughs> so there you go. So if you, do, if you do bump into a celebrity you think is too big to appear on this podcast, then do ask them some of the emergency questions and film it so we can find out. But someone who's definitely not too big to appear on this podcast... <laughs> is now... <laughs> Is uh, I was gonna think I was thinking actually of forming a double act with this uh, this first guest, but I've got quite a good name for it. We could call it Ian and Richard. That's what I was thinking. So it's, people would like that. He is probably best known for the Channel Five show Cats Make You Laugh Out Loud. Uh, don't laugh at that. It's a very uh, serious documentary about m- mental illness. That is, it's about about someone who can't see a cat without laughing out loud whatever the circumstances so it's, it was actually a terrifying documentary uh, will you please welcome Ian Lee ladies and gentlemen it's Ian Lee here he is I've never listened to this show. What's it like? (laughs) 
fun, huh? It I'm is. in for a good time? Great. So you are, as I found out, I went on your show last yeah. week, and I found out you're the wild man of this, radio. This is the show I do. I do a late-night show on talk radio, which is an offshoot of talk sport. Yeah. And they have the talk sport mentality. And they've got this jingle, the wild man of radio is yeah. back. Uh, and I keep saying, can we get rid of that? Because it's shit. <laughs> and they say, yeah, we'll, we'll get rid of it, don't worry. And then I thought it had gone, and then they played it, just, yeah. just as Richard Herring is coming on. Right? <laughs> and we have beef, and the beef will be dis- discussed here. Um, and I'm thinking, right, I've got, got to look cool in front of Rich. Got to look cool in front of him. Got to look. Then they play that, and I'm thinking, oh, for fuck's sake, everything, everything he said about me on TV in the 90s is coming true. <laughs> And I heard those things you said about me on TV in the 90s. You're the only one who watched it, obviously. Yes, so. uh, I was scared. I thought you might grab me and skip me. You were wild. (laughs) You were quite polite. So, Ian Lee, if that is your real name. Well... Well, it, what do you mean by real name? I mean, what, the name you're christened with? Well, th- no, in that case, it's not my real name. No. It's, but it's my real name because I changed it by deed poll. Oh. Paid £36. It's the most empowering thing you can do. You think, of, you go on, you type in your name, you type in what you want your name to be, you pay £36, you're legally, you're a different name. Yeah. Straight away. What, were you, were you wiping out some horrible trauma? Uh, do you know what, past? I kind of, um, all right. Interesting, I didn't change the Ian bit, which is, no. which is a terrible name. Three vowels. I, I, I could have spelled it right the Fuck second off. time. Right I spell it properly. <laughs> I-A-I-N, right? But even then, it's still three kind of, you know, it, three of the lesser vowels and an N, and it's just, there's no up to it. I changed my last name. Lee was my middle name, right? I changed my last name because no one could spell it, no one could say it, and because um, I didn't get on with my dad, that was that was kind of the, the deciding. That's why I suddenly realised halfway through this yeah, yeah, question. Yeah, yeah. I thought I would address it. Head I, on. I, I see your <laughs> I see your kids who don't realise they've cancer, and I and I trump you with falling out with my dad for many years. Um, and and so I changed it. So it was uh, okay. It was rugby. Yeah, Ian Rugby. But you try spelling it. Uh, oh, <laughs> he's reading from a book. Uh, it's like I'd, I'd pronounce it Rougevi. Exactly. That was another reason I changed it. Yeah. Because cunts like you. <laughs> I'm joking, guys. I'm joking. It was primarily because I didn't get on with my dad. I'm straight, usually you've got to wait for about yeah, an it. hour before you get into this. Well, I did um, Adam Buxton's podcast two oh, weeks yeah. ago, so I'm kind of in that vibe of, uh, <laughs> of just Yeah, going. I was annoyed because I booked you, and yeah. then the next day the, the Adam Buxton one came out and yeah. you were on it. I thought, that's yeah. screwed that, isn't it? Yeah. Can't, yeah. Can't do, and he's got Doc Brown on as well. He had Doc, got Doc Brown, and then he had Doc Brown. Now, Doc, Doc Brown's, Brown's a, I don't, he's a pop singer, is he? He's a comedian, rapper, actor. A comedian and a rapper. He's the brother of uh, uh, Zadie Smith. She's a writer. Yeah. I know her. I don't know Doc Brown. I won't be downloading that one. Okay. I won't it's be downloading that He's a very interesting gentleman. Well, I, might, I might check it out. Should come, come along and see it next <laughs> week. Sounds like a good listen. <laughs> um, you uh, grew up... And I, the, usually I do a thing on Wikipedia citation needed that Andy MKH reminded me of today. Uh, but there's no citations required on your website, on your Wikipedia page. But there is the requires well, expansion. Okay, what do you want to expand uh, on? Is, uh, Wikipedia, well, can you really just done your research by going on fucking yeah. Wikipedia? Yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Well, I know one Initially. thing you're going to ask me, and then it's not true. Okay, well, I will see. Wait and see. Uh, 
Well, all we find out from Wikipedia is that you were born in Slough and you went to the Herschel, William Herschel School. I went to the Sir William Herschel Grammar School, I'll have you know. Yeah. Yes. So, and William Herschel came from Slough as well. Didn't and do you know what he discovered? A Uranus. Thank you very much indeed. <laughs> we should that, do a double act. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, it's true, yeah. He, boy, oh boy, what, what, what a fun guy to name a school after. Those are kids just you know, excited about Uranus. It's incredible. Yeah. It's ridiculous. He was, if you, I read a book about him, though. He's an amazing guy, Herschel. And his sister was also... Why did you read a... We had to read a book before we went there. Because we I didn't to do a, go to the school, well, so exactly, I wasn't bothered about... We had to do a summer it. project on him, and I didn't even read a book about him. It's a really good book. I can't remember. Does anyone know what that book's called about all the Victorian... It's about Davy and... Come on, one of you nerds knows. <laughs> the age of... Do any we, of my nerds know? <laughs> I've got some of my nerds I think in. it's mainly your nerds, and that has brought down the intellectual... <laughs> Yes, I knew what they, they can only communicate via phone. They'll phone up later on. And say, I've got it. I've got it. It's a fast. He's a fascinating man. I won't um, be reading it. No, you should read it. It'd be good. So. Do you remember when Buddy Song was filmed uh, in Slough? Were you living there then? Buddy Song, right, yes, I do remember when Buddy Song. This is the film with Chesney Hawks yep. and Roger Daltrey. And um, I don't know why that's, why, why that's illicit. But, uh, Chesney Hawks, uh, I Am The One And Only, that's where yep. that saying, the song came from. Yes, they filmed some of it in ABC Guitars on the Farnham Road, just yep. around the corner from where I used to work in B-Jams. And um, they filmed Buddy's House was just down the road from me. I think it was on Monksfield Way, actually, and it was Peter Britt's house. Oh. A little bit of trivia there. It's Peter Good. here that, that, one, that one hit off quite nice, didn't it? I took a chance. Yeah. thought you lived there at that time. I did some research on Slough. So with that, it's a bit more we can add Ian Lee, who was born in Slough and lived yeah. near to the house in which... Chesney Hawkes' family. That is Rod- correct. Roger Daltrey was his dad. That is correct. I met Roger Daltrey once. You met Roger Daltrey? I haven't, no. He's tiny. Yeah. He's really tiny, and it was a, a, some awards do, right? And Roger Daltrey was there, and I, I fucking love The Who. I got, to in, I got to introduce The Who on stage at the Royal Albert Hall once. It was the, the, the best gig ever. And I also had to introduce um, BDI, which was the worst gig ever. But, <laughs> you know. Uh, and Roger Daltrey was back. I didn't speak to him that night because I was too terrified. But then I saw Roger Daltrey backstage at some radio awards doing. He was about to give out an award. And I thought, fucking hell, this is Roger Daltrey. He's there. I've got to say something to him. And all I could think of was to say was, all right, Roger, I really like your music in the who. (laughs) (laughs) That was it. But basically saying, your solo music is shit. (laughs) But in the who, I really like your music. I really liked your music in the who. I mean, and he went, all right, mate, yeah, thanks. And I walked off feeling like a twat. That was quite a stupid thing. It was really stupid. I very rarely do I get flustered by celebrities, but, but Roger Daltrey flustered me. I would have said, you're, you're Chesney Hawk's dad from uh, Buddy's song. What's been going on since then? Where is he? <laughs> when, Where when's is he? Buddy's song did anyone see that? Did anyone actually see that film, Buddy's no. song? Do you fancy watching it one night? Yeah, let's go and watch it together. I tell you, I watched Beautiful. About Time last night. What's that? Oh, the uh, time travel yeah, rom-com. Uh, Richard so, Curtis. I like watching Richard Curtis films because they usually annoy me. Yeah. Uh, when I've said this before, but when I was watching um, uh, the one about Love, Love Actually on my own... About the, the one about time, Love Actually. made a film about Love Actually. I started weeping uncontrollably on the floor and really? thought I would never stop crying again. I've not seen not it. Not because of the film. <laughs> well, the film depressed me and then it made me realise how vacuous my life was. Not because of the film, just because I, I was sitting watching But why Love was Actually. your life so... But, okay, but I can't remember. All I remember is weeping whilst watching Love Actually. Was the not, not like, oh, this is, this is moving, like, ah! And 
as I was crying, thinking, I don't think I'm ever going to stop crying. I did stop, though. What, so that's, that's just, that's just, a, that's just a minutes ago. It's a message of hope for you. So, uh, I don't think, I've only ever seen um, uh, Four Weddings and a Funeral. That's good, that one. That was good. That was, yeah. I enjoyed that when it came out. I, w- I like time travel films. I wouldn't want to watch a time travel rom-com. I watched The Time Traveller's Wife, and that was shit. Yeah. I do like a good time travel well, film. Well, I'm obsessed with time travel, and... Um, because I think I can do it. Uh, and, uh, and About Time is a very, very poor... I mean, I, I, I've talked about Goodnight Sweetheart a lot on this podcast. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, of course, it goes back poor. in time and invents the Beatles. There's now the American Goodnight Sweetheart, uh, 112263. <laughs> <laughs> What's your top three time travel films? Um, they're all quite bad. I don't think Fuck many off. of them are very good. No? Um, I like uh, The Original Time Machine. Okay. With Rod Serling in it. Yeah. Not Rod Serling in it, Rod... Uh, Taylor, in it? Still alive, I think, Rod Taylor. Am I right? Not this, not after this year, eh? 2016. We're him. coming for you, Taylor. <laughs> You're dead. Uh, I, well, I like the bad ones, and, and it's quite bad yeah. uh, about time, because this guy can travel in time back in his own life, a bit like Quantum Leap. Yeah, yeah. Uh, except it's actually within his own life, but he just doesn't use it very efficiently, and it's... He does it to basically rape a woman. <laughs> but to rape a woman that he's already going to have sex with. That's, so well, that's the time traveller's wife. He, he does yeah. that. He goes back and grooms yeah. a young eight-year-old girl. Yeah. And then she becomes older. So then he, yeah. he's groomed her, groomed her, groomed her, then has sex with her. And the beauty a woman. of being a time traveller is you can just nip straight to groom him at eight. Nip straight to 18. I don't, I don't know if that's necessarily a beauty. Just, just, just straight to there. No, no, you wait till 18. Take right wow. to their 16th birthday. Wow. If you're a paedophile time traveller, I'm not saying for me, that's the beauty of that if you are a paedophile time traveller who wants to stay with the strict bands. I'd never... Well, technically not paedophile. You can then. do all the flirting while they're all right, going to get so yeah. you, Get all worked up. Yeah. And then... While well, you're jumping about through time. to 16. Yeah. <laughs> we have to destroy this technology. We have to go back in time and destroy this technology before yeah. Glitter gets his hands on it. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine the mayhem. Yeah. Anyway, no, I haven't seen... I don't think I've seen Buddy Song. Julia Sawala's in it. So I'm surprised I haven't seen it, but... Uh... You should watch Primer. Yes, yeah, just Julius Wilder in that. You should watch Loose Women. Sorry, if you're just that's, that's if you're not, just basing your viewing habits on, Ju- on Julia Sawala, then I, you, I think Loose Women, or is that Nadia? It's Nadia. God, you really do know your. Uh, I, I, your know, I, know, facts. I know that family quite well because I went out with Julia Sawala for 18 months. Did you? After I did loads of jokes about wanting to go. Out. <laughs> and wow. keeping, oh, hang on a second. Right. Well. So he did, you did loads of jokes about. Ju- I Julia was sort Sawala of like the time traveller. I went out with her. <laughs> He's just done a five minute piece <laughs> about going back in time and grooming children <laughs> and then going, well, appearing on their 16th birthdays. And as I think he you was, said. <laughs> Wow. No, there's not a court in the land can touch me. <laughs> it's a romantic story in the Richard Curtis universe. True. He's, he's got them on a technicality there, a time technicality. Did you know that Brian Connolly from The Suite, <laughs> Ernie Wise, Ronnie Cray, Princess Margaret are all, all died or were cremated in Slough? Did you know that? <laughs> I didn't just look at your Wikipedia page, Ian. I looked at Slough's Wikipedia page as well. 
I don't live in Slough anymore. I know, but I, I haven't I'm lived trying, in Slough for 33 years. I'm trying to expand your early life. It requires expansion. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All we know is you're born in Slough and went to William Herschel School. Well, that doesn't even say Annie made a joke about Uranus every day when he went in. Did it pretty much every, every day. Okay, yes. I, no, I did not know that fact about yeah. Slough. Next, next Slough fact. Brian Connolly... From the suite, not it, Brian Connolly. His brothers, Taggart. It is. They both uh, died of alcoholism because they were half brothers. They, they knew they were brothers, but you look them. You could tell. You could tell. Now you can. But I, he was one of the first people I fancied, Brian Connolly. Really? In the suite, yeah. Lot, yeah there was the blonde, blonde fella, long, long, long lustrous blonde, blonde locks. Yeah, 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 yeah. I thought he was a girl, but you know. Are you going to invent a time machine to go back and find <laughs> the suite? Is that what's. And Les Gray from Mud. Before they, they he went. I was he went reading off the about as well. Mud. I was reading a lot about Mud today. I was reading yeah. a book that um, dealt with Mud. Quite, <laughs> yeah, I was actually. It was, yeah. bit, it was quite a good book. But anyway, it's irrelevant to this uh, slightly tense. Nothing is irrelevant. Nothing is irrelevant within the confines of this Less Square Theatre podcast. Everything uh, is allowed. Um, when, at what point do I stop being terrified of you? You're fine. I like you. We've been oh, made, do you? We made friends backstage. Well, you say that. That I'm you, being cheeky. You, you say we made friends. I had my fingers crossed behind my back the whole time. <laughs> there was no friendship there. We, um, you used to slag me off on your show. Oh, hardly. Well, <laughs> but look at the good grace with which I, uh, I accept it. Sixteen years later on, um, and we we we've met a couple of times. Yeah, a couple of times a few years ago when I was kind of dipping my toe in at doing stand up again, but I didn't like it, so I stopped doing it. And it was I did a couple of gigs with you and a couple with Stuart actually. And he was a nice guy. And, um, <laughs> and every time I saw that one of you on the bill, I, I would do my best to kind of... I don't think we spoke. I think I kind of avoided you, because I was terrified of you. But we did, a TV, we did one TV show together. Mm-hmm. I'm guessing it would have been 2000, 2001, at the Edinburgh Festival. It was 2001. Because I was doing Christ. <laughs> I checked my Ian Lee hate book well, of hate. <laughs> We, I've, I've forgotten about it until someone very kindly tweeted both of us. Going, hey guys, remember when you did this? And it is one of the fucking worst car crashes of TV. And I've, been, I've, been in, I've driven quite a few car crashes of TV. It was one of the worst things I've ever done in my life. And we were... I was did a, you watch the 11 o'clock show? <laughs> now, no, no, no. I'm re- I was too busy spending. Sorry, it just came. Too busy back. spending the thousands of pounds I got. got per we week worked. Got. We found out how much we I got, got more paid. money. He got a lot more money than I money. did. So. Uh, I'm, I'm really proud of the Emma Clock Show. Yeah. Uh, I, you know, and I'm aware of my place in it, and I'm aware that I, you know, that I am the weak link in the chain of, that was, you know, Sasha and Ricky and um, Mackenzie and Dom Jolly and um, oh, Charlie. Come on, Dom Jolly's the weak link. In you know, Jimmy Carr and the Tea Lady. I'm aware of my place beneath <laughs> all those. But I love the eleven o'clock. I was twenty. 25 years old, I've been signing on, I'd had to move back to my mum's, I was skin, and I, they kind of said, do you want to come and do a TV show where you sort of, you know, you're, we're going to rip off Chris Morris and you're going to be a poor man's Chris Morris, but do you fancy it and we'll pay you loads of money? I went, yeah, yeah, fuck. Well, can I ask, that? how did you, because you weren't doing stand-up then, or were you? Or you I, I bit... was sort of doing stand-up. Right. I was sort of doing stand-up, I've been doing it for years, but I wasn't very good. I was doing, I kind of, I got lucky. And I'd made friends with Mackenzie, Mackenzie right. Crook, and um, he kind of took me under his wing. So we did a couple of Edinburgh shows together. And, I, you know, I was in a different... He was in a different league to me. He was brilliant. And he was very generous um, with his time with me. So I was doing stand-up. I was also doing a little bit... 
I was doing a little bit of really shit local radio. Right. I got this. I had this terrible agent whose name I won't mention, but you you may have come across him at some point in the nineties. And he got me this um, gig at FM one hundred three Horizon. Today's better music mix. And I was Ian in Black Thunder, and I had to drive around during the breakfast show in, in um, a black jeep. Right. And they would say, let's find out what Ian in Black Thunder's up to now. Ian, where are you? And usually I was on some shitty estate in Milton Keynes <laughs> trying to uh, persuade people to come and be on the radio. It was fucking horrible. And I left. I, I quit after six months. And the week I was leaving, a fax came through from uh, Talkback, the company that made the 11 o'clock. She said, we are, looking for, we are making a new TV show, a topical comedy satirical show we're looking to see anybody I think it said that we're looking to see anybody and so I thought I'll I'll go for this and um, if I don't get this I'm going to knock it on the head and I'll go and get a proper job doing all that shit so I got that and I went and did that wow but but I'm aware that it's hit and miss and um, I've seen I've seen bits of them over the last ye- few years or so, and they're hit and miss. And I look like I'm, you know, I look like Skeletor. It's terrible. Dark days, guys. Dark days. <laughs> Don't do drugs, kids. And um, and uh, they're hit and miss. And I'm aware that I was the weak link, but I was, you know, I was 25. And I, was... I don't think that's fair. I mean, I think we 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 took the pit. Well, it must have been on your on our last series because it was yeah. 999, and that's like, that's when we were, you know, me and Stu were about to. St- Stop working together and yeah. stop working almost forever. Uh, and, and I think we were just, as I, I was saying to you, I think we we looked at the 11 o'clock show and thought, how what they just kicked Channel 4 uh, behind yeah, that yeah. show when it works, when it doesn't work, they're, they're backing it. And the BBC were moving us around in the schedules. Mm. Uh, and, and, you know, if there was sport, we'd get cancelled and they didn't really like us and they weren't giving us any support. So I think we were just jealous that there was a show that we, you know, because oh, I, I suppose it was that element of it. It felt like ours was a show where we had a, a team that were writing it who, lo- who loved what they were doing. Yeah. And the 11 o'clock show felt like what it was, which was a, team, a show written by loads of different people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, and some of, of it really hit and some of it didn't hit, yeah. as, as is the way with all those shows. Yeah. But so it just, you know, we were just jealous, I think, really. But, um, uh, but it upset me when you slagged me off on telly, as it would do. And yet, no, it did. Um, but, but the with. No. <laughs> But, we were, but I was doing the same thing about other people. Do you know, yeah, it, was yeah. a weird, it was that weird thing of I was being incredibly rude about other people on that show. Yeah. But then when someone did it to me, I, I couldn't, I, it, it upset me. And I, I found the whole thing very confusing. You know, did you like being, I hated being recognised. Yeah, it didn't happen very much. Though, oh, come right. on. <laughs> there was one time where we, I, I sort of didn't mind it because it didn't happen that much. Yeah. But there was one time I was walking down the street, it was in central London, and then there was a group of lads on the other side of the road, and they went, it's that guy off the telly, let's get him. <laughs> <laughs> and I, and I just... And they looked really hard, these guys, and they were on the other side of the road, and I just carried on walking, and I didn't run, but they, but, but they, <laughs> they didn't Did they come, get you? They didn't come and get me, no. but they, if they'd wanted to get me, they could, they could have just loved me so much they wanted to get me, you know, take a Richard Curtis kind of way. Uh, <laughs> uh, so, uh, yeah, so no, I, did, I mean, I didn't mind. I'm sort of glad that we, we didn't ever really... Uh, as a double act, didn't really uh, go over that hump into becoming famous, really. No. So the people who knew us were... And it's the same with this now. The people who recognise me yeah. from this aren't very far and few in between, luckily. And so they, they're kind of quite nice. They're <laughs> often listening to me. If you're listening to this now and you're listening to me and you see me... Whoa! Uh, that's, that often happens, though, you know, like they're listening to the podcast yeah. and, then, and then I walk past and they go, Whoa! No, you, really are, you really are keen to get up the iTunes chart. <laughs> you do make it personal. It's a little I, service I, I give. I 
guy um, tried to punch me once when we were doing the Emicotcher. Some old guy. We were doing, we were doing the Vox Pops. I had the, you know, we were asking him, I don't know, about would you eat Princess Diana's DNA or something. We did some of that shit. I don't know what we were doing. And this guy went, I know you fucking are. You're a cunt. And went to smack me one. And, yeah. um, well, it was quite, you know, it was, I think that's... You were exactly right. It was sort of, we felt because we'd obviously worked with Chris Morris and worked yeah, on yeah. the hour and everything. We felt like it's some someone an executive, and I wouldn't don't think we'd have blamed any of the people in it. Has looked at Chris Morris oh, and yeah, misunderstood what's funny about him, yeah. and so said, "Let's all just be horrible to people," which isn't yeah. what Chris Morris did. And then, but then you know, but Balls of Steel was much much more a horrible show. I think Adam in the Adam Buxton podcast talks about shit on a microphone. That wasn't Balls of Steel. Was it? That wasn't yeah. a clock show. I mean, we did some terrible stuff. We did some stuff that. Um, makes me very uncomfortable but um you know generally, most of it i'm kind of proud of but I, c- I can't imagine being that 25 26 year old boy and doing that stuff it's fucking terrifying going yeah. out on the street and saying you know making jokes we had a one of the worst things i can remember we had a, a, a counter going off in the background during a show and it got to about 432 and we went that's the harold shipman counter <laughs> fucking hell <laughs> And at the time, we're going, yeah, okay, brilliant. You want me to say that? Brilliant. And I would say it, because yeah. I didn't know, you know. And I, I was kind of, we talk about characters and stuff. Um, I was playing that character. They wanted me to be, they wanted me to intone things in the way that Chris Morris did. You know, they wanted yeah. it to be that obvious, the suits and all of that shit. And they kind of told me how to behave. That wasn't what I was, but it was, I, was, I didn't know what to do, you know. I was, I was kind of a happy-go-lucky stoner, and they told me exactly what to say and do, and I did it, you know. It's interesting, though, because I think it does, you know, like, I think we were talking before again, because we, we, Ian arrived quite early, we've been chatting, we should, we should have taken all the other, other stuff. You, this is, you shouldn't meet the people before no, they arrive. No, I shouldn't, because then, we, I don't know what I've said on here, uh, but it's, uh, you know, but you've, you've set up a persona, and then it's very hard to shift that persona. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think, and similarly, in Lee and Herring, I played a stupid character who liked having sex with animals, and that's only half true. <laughs> <laughs> but I think it means that now, still, some people treat me like um, you know that yes. I'm the people who I'm trying to you know executives and things think yeah. I'm stupid because <laughs> the because they remember being the stupid character and you you were a very abrasive character that was yeah. sort of meant to be sort of not like I suppose you're obnoxious yeah. yeah and then and then that follows you through and, 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 and two months ago I didn't get a job because the head of the channel was worried that I was still that but, but, but what if he, it was a live show but what if this what if he if he says something rude on air to be outrageous well that program was 15 years ago I've got kids and a mortgage now you know I'm not I, I, I want to work I don't give a shit so because you're the wild man of radio that's I'm the wild man <laughs> I'm the wild man there's literally nothing wild can't, you all. can't be controlled no um, <laughs> so, well, I think it's but it, you know I think that's what's interesting is that a I think we did, you know, we did, there was this sort of antipathy to, to the 11 o'clock show from, from us. But looking back at that interview, and we talked about this backstage, but looking back at that this interview... Was, we did something, the one, this was at the Edinburgh Festival. This was uh, like the Perrier Awards winners' night or yeah. something. And it was, it was like 11 at night or something. Yeah, we, everyone was drunk. I was very drunk. I mean, I'm bloated in it because I'm drinking so much at that time that you can, you know, I look... I look like I was, worse than I do now. I was very skinny in it for <laughs> reasons. I wasn't, wasn't eating. And so, you know, but we, I think we were, we were, we were called, you know, I was just called over to sit down and then I sat there and you sat there and we were both thinking, oh no, it's that prick. Uh, and then, but then it's, but you know, but I think there was a sort of entitled arrogance to me that I thought, oh, I'm, you know, I think it's just interesting as time passes, you look back and go, hold on, but the thing that we were, 
that we, if we had a beef about, was a kind of imaginary comp- but you, the, competitiveness it, between the it, two of us. In that thing, you had an entitled arrogance, and I, I immediately came in on the defensive, and I thought it was you that... I haven't watched it for years. I can't. I thought it was you that got the first dig, but apparently it was me. You reminded it was me, and I, in a very badly worded question. Um, and from then on, it was, it was just horrendous. But we, would, we, on the 11 o'clock show, were jealous of you because you were kind of the cool kids. You and Stuart, we perceived as being like the kind of the intellectual you know, kind of clever comedy, and we were going around talking about tits and bum holes, <laughs> which, is, which is nice. I like tits and I like bum holes, but, you know, we were jealous of you. So it's, it's, it's interesting to know that you kind of perceived the, 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 the support we were getting from the channelers. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think everyone, you know, everyone, certainly in this business, but I think everyone generally thinks that everyone else is having a better yeah, time yeah. than them. Turns out none of it matters. None so of this matters. Turns out nice. everyone's having a shit time and yeah, hates themselves. Yeah. It's, all full of, it's all full of insecurity. You could have seen me crying watching Love Actually. If you could have looked it. in through the window. Ah. You wanking off two men at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> like a Richard Curtis. What the tears before. <laughs> hey, look, I'm going to ask... Uh, we'll come back to this because it's good. But, you know, I, I sort of, what's interesting, I think, is both of us were in shows with other people who've gone on to be massively successful uh, and some would argue we are not doing as well but who wants to be a multi-millionaire living in Hollywood making movies for Netflix not me (laughs) I'd want to make them for the cinema so I've got uh, some new emergency questions I thought I'd mix it up a bit change things around this series not like the old days it's kept you on your toes hasn't it guys you weren't expecting this this is would Dangerous. you rather date a woman who was a six-foot-tall vulva <laughs> or a woman who, instead of having a vagina and all that stuff down there, had another tiny woman in her place? Has the tiny woman got a vagina? She's got... I think it's women all the way down. <laughs> How many women are there? Well, infinite goes round, and then the smallest one is also the biggest one. <laughs> And it sort of loops around. Has the giant vulva got, like, arms? No, no, no. Oh, can't remember what... I can't remember with the giant penis whether it did or not. Uh, yes. <laughs> no. I don't know. I haven't thought this if question If it's got through. arms, then I would say the giant vulva. OK. Why is the arm so important? You want to be wanked off by it? <laughs> Is the fact it's a giant vulva not enough for you? I'm a, a big fan of the finger up the bum. <laughs> and if, if she hasn't got arms, then I'll go for the woman with the infinite number of okay. women vaginas. Cool. Good answer. Thank you, man. Uh, Appreciate that. That's the best answer we've had to that question so far. Uh, <laughs> I thought I'd nick some questions off. I went to, I've got loads loads of my own, but I thought I'd, I'd, I'd start looking at questions on other sites. First of all, I was on the BBC site, and one of the questions on there today was, have you got what it takes to be a spy? <laughs> Do you think you've got what it takes to be a spy? Yes. Yeah, yes. I don't need any more than that. No, I'm not um, getting any more. You see, that's how good I am at spying. I don't talk. I just give the answer and I stop to stop talking. I've told him everything. No, I haven't. This question I've talked too much. This question comes from buzzkenya.com where they list like 100 questions that they think are good icebreakers or good things to ask people. In Kenya? Well, I guess. This is one of the questions they ask you to ask and I don't understand what, what this would be, what circumstances this would be in. Is there anything purple within ten feet of you? <laughs> <laughs> hmm. I mean, 
it's interesting because that sort of implies you're just ringing people up, doesn't it? Do I answer that? <laughs> I'm going to make friends, I'll ring them. Is there anything purple within 10 feet of you? Well, if... Yeah, <laughs> penis, yes. Yeah. Very nice. Uh, but why would... Who's, who is that question meant for? I don't know, that's why I so thought it was a good is question. Is that what a blind person would be asking to you? <laughs> no, is there anything purple? Is it it's like just a... someone testing whether you can see colours. No, there's not. There is. Well, there's a I lot don't know of that light spilling a purple. That's sort of spilling a purple hue. Don't worry, Tony's coming on soon. He'll be fine. Don't worry, guys. <laughs> okay. Uh, then this is another one from uh, catalog, thoughtcatalog.com. This is a. Uh, That's not a website. This is a date question. Thoughtcatalog.com. This is a question to ask on a date. Okay. What trajectory are you hoping to push yourself onto? <laughs> I haven't read any of these questions. No, I think they're asking, what, what, where do you see yourself going in your life? But, but what, it's an odd way of who, trying to imagine, make it slightly sexy. Imagine if you're going on a date, though, and you're so shit at dating that you have to go on to thoughtcatalogue.com. <laughs> Fuck, what am I going to ask her? I know, thoughtcatalogue.com. Yeah. And they just write them down, and they go, right, I'm just going to nip off to the toilet. And they get, yeah. what trajectory do you see? What trajectory do you see yourself <laughs> going go, on? Um... Imagine if you had your own interview show and you were so shit you just googled what? Good question. This is from MarshallJonesJr.com. A hundred questions to ask people. Yeah. Have you ever tried sushi? <laughs> yes, I have. Yeah. I don't How like the it? fish. I, I like the other stuff. You don't I like don't. the fish so much. I don't like the fish so much. <laughs> I've got one of my youngest boy. We like going to Yo Sushi, but only yeah. on a Monday, Blue Bowl Monday, because it's much much cheaper. Otherwise, okay. it costs a fortune. And he'll get all of the the the, the the ones with the, the fish on and he'll just take the fish off and just eat the rice just okay. eat all of that shit do not touch the fish you just want to send him home and eat some rice it's, yes it's cheaper okay uh, and I'll, I'll I'll get back to some of my own but this is life lifehacks.io I don't even know where that's where's io it's where Indian Ocean Indian Ocean how can there be a website in the Indian Ocean <laughs> if you could jump into a pool of something what would it be <laughs> Do you want me to say spunk or shit or something? <laughs> no, what do you want me to say? Spunk. It's interesting you went straight for Spunk or shit or something. <laughs> Is that what you want? You could have anything I'll you want. I'll say it. You could have said champagne or do you want me to say, jelly baby. You, you want me to say spunk, spunk or shit. <laughs> All right. Spunky shit. <laughs> Is that what you want, Herring? You've it got is. it. I'm, I'll perform for you. I'm your monkey. And this, uh, this is... I'll do one more. This is from hellogiggles.com. Oh, that sounds fun, doesn't it? <laughs> if you had the... This is genuinely a question on the internet. This, I could have made this one up. If you had the option of adopting a baby fox or a baby koala, which one would you choose? <laughs> uh, fox koalas are nasty. Well, foxes are pretty nasty. Ooh. Um, a koala. <laughs> I wouldn't have. Why would you? Uh, why would you have either of those? I don't, I don't like know. animals. That's the cho- Those are the options. Okay, fox. And the, there's no option of you can't adopt one of them. Which would <laughs> you? You're being forced to adopt a vicious animal. Which one would you go for? I, I mean, I, that, that's not really what this podcast's about. Why? <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'll ask one of my proper questions, but that was just to get back all the. That was a bit of fun. 
Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. All the haters stealing my questions and asking her to Jodie Foster. It's ruining it when Jodie Foster's on here and says I've had that question before. Thanks a lot, copying your questions. Um... What, which death in 2016 has hit you the hardest of the celebrities? All right, I'm going to say it, right? And you're going to think I'm, I'm taking the piss, and I'm not. I wasn't a fan of Bowie. I wasn't a fan of Prince. It was kind of sad, but, you know, I'm not, I don't really like it. But there was one death, and when it happened, I kind of thought... It felt weird that this guy had died, and it felt like the whole... Suddenly, the whole cosmos was on a bit of a shift. Genuinely mean this. There was something that shifted in the universe. It was David Guest. Okay. And I didn't know the fellow. I met him once, and he was a very nice fellow. But there was... David Bowie, all right, yeah, you you can kind of imagine him dying. Prince, you you know, Paul Daniels was was old and all... But there was something about David Guest's death that was so unexpected and so weird. And he was about to do a tour... Entitled David Guest is not dead. <laughs> this is true. That was yeah. going to be the David Guest is not dead tour, yeah. and then he died <laughs> just before he went on that tour, and I, I found that one very uncomfortable. But I, honestly, I'm not really a fan of any of the people that have died. Wow. Paul Daniels, I used to like in the '80s. He was, a, you know, he was good. The best. The thing I enjoyed most about Paul Daniels' death. Yeah. Whoa. <laughs> and I didn't hell. enjoy much of it was when he made the announcement that he was going to die on his website, whoever made the announcement. It was made uh, in... The font was Comic Sans. <laughs> and I just don't think that is an appropriate... I think after all the things are going to go, I'm dying of an incurable brain tumour. In hieroglyphics. Yeah, well, you'd use a sort of gothic or something like yes. that if you want to be... But you wouldn't go, <laughs> I'm dying of an incurable brain... I didn't, I didn't notice that. Yeah. I, missed, I must have missed that. <laughs> Um, I, Terry Wogan's the one I, I genuinely Terry Wogan oh, yeah, I yeah. can't believe Terry Wogan's dead and I can't, out of all of them and you know I, didn't, I wasn't a massive fan of Terry Wogan's particularly but just the idea that Terry Wogan could not be anymore because A he's every, he still feels like he's everywhere anyway yeah but I know, mean, he was he old could, I know but I just can't believe he's not here anymore out of all of them and there's lots of people that could have there been is there have there been more deaths this year or is it are, are, the, are the press kind of you know <laughs> Building it up, making a big thing of it. Are they? <laughs> Bloody David Bowie. No one would have cared no. about that in 2015. <laughs> well, maybe there's, maybe there's a murderer going around. There could be. There's, I suspect a murderer. But or, or, or just like this normal, do this number of celebrities die every year? But they, think, they've done that thing for 2016. Oh, it's I, cursed. I think genuinely it's because the, the entertainment television era yeah. uh, and people becoming celebrities... 
that this is now reaching the point where all those people are hitting about okay. 70. Yeah, the first so, wave. So they're, so they're all dying. So we can expect would have this died. forever now. Well, there's more famous people. It does feel like like the big names are going, but then once you start looking for that, then you, then people yeah. who maybe another time wouldn't have been big names. But then it's embarrassing for people who aren't quite as good well, as it. Uh, then who dying. died on the same day as Michael Jackson? Uh, Farrah Fawcett Farrah Fawcett Majors yeah. died didn't she but she's yeah. a big name she, 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 if she died another day that well exactly that's the thing she, but she lost out but there are people who then die you go well that's not good that's not a good enough follow up to Prince yeah. is it I can't remember who it was who died after Carla Lane no well Carla Lane there's someone who died the week after Prince I did a joke about it he was some actor then that's not good enough is it He's the, that's arrogant of him to die after, after Victoria Wood and Prince it's got to be Wood, yeah, it's got to be someone who got up it Muhammad Ali yeah, yeah. that would have been a good one yeah <laughs> That would have been the time. I say it with the deepest of respect and the knowledge and the knowledge that me and Ian Lee are safe for 2016. Well, <laughs> but all those big names from the yeah. 11 o'clock show and Fist of Fun, they're yes. all in trouble. Yeah, they're all fucked. Uh, <laughs> if you could murder one person and have an 87% chance of getting away with it, who would you kill? Right now? <laughs> well there's cameras on now if you do it right now it would have to be a wily murder you know that you know the, the two perfect murders yeah I don't what are they um, one is you club someone to death with a leg of lamb oh yeah like in the, that's a roll doll is it story, yeah. is it and then you eat it yeah the other in the roll doll story the woman clubs him to death with a leg, leg of lamb and then, gets the, and then gives it to the police to the police beautiful the other one is a sword made of ice yeah. and you stab someone and then leave it it melts <laughs> There's all that's left. There's no fingerprints. There's nothing. All that's left is a hole. And what's yeah. this water here? And what's this big uh, ice cube? It melts. <laughs> it's ice it fucking cube. melts. You do it in the fridge. Oh, there'd have to be a big th- uh, sword, the sword shape cut out of it. <laughs> sword template. <laughs> well, then I would kill the police with a leg of lamb. And eat Unless it. you're sticking ice cubes together and then sharpening that up. <laughs> People look at that. Hold on, before you kill me, is that a load of, how did you make that? Oh, I just, fuck. <laughs> um, who, who would I kill? Yeah, we, I, I, we, you must have. Fa- we fantasise about killing people. Before, yeah, because imagining what it would feel like to take someone's life. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think this. I don't. I'm trying to be right. A bit more kind of zen and, and shit at the moment. I don't think there's anyone I particularly. Oh no, I know. Um, <laughs> I know exactly. Um, I've, I've been having a lot of trouble on a Beach Boys message board. <laughs> it is the most... The Beach Boys, right? It's fun and love and surf and all that stuff, right? The most fun music there is. And nearly everybody on the Beach Boys message board is a wanker, right? <laughs> of massive proportions. And they hate me because I wrote a piece saying I quite like might love the lead singer in the Beach Boys so they hate me for that so they'll think he's the devil Ryan. Brian Wilson's gone and all this shit and someone posted um, a link to quite a nasty article about Brian Wilson but quite a good one about my, my love and I just wrote thanks guys I really enjoyed reading that thanks for posting <laughs> boom, boom, they all came out of the, oh yeah because it, it makes your shitty article look a whole lot better you wanker all of this stuff right and it got very weird so I kill everybody on that board yeah everybody without a shadow of a doubt yeah Fucking, why, why, why would you... The, the internet is for... As my friend Tom, Geeky Tom, once said, it's the breeding ground for assholes and cunts, isn't it? <laughs> it really is. And there are some nice people in there, but they, they don't shout as loudly as the assholes. No. Well, in the old days... I and mean, again, we mentioned this backstage, but in the old days, if someone would write a letter, 
Yeah. Uh, and you go, yeah, well, <laughs> you throw well, it in the bin. I told you the letter, and, uh, but we, we weren't allowed to see the letters at the Emma Show. Me and Daisy one day, we found a pile of letters, and it was, the top letter was addressed to us. And we went, oh, what, what's this? Is it fan mail? And um, someone went, no, no, don't read those. <laughs> so we opened the top letter, and it was from a guy. And um, he basically said he wanted to rape Daisy. He wanted to inject me with AIDS. <laughs> And then, you laughed at that, interesting. <laughs> He's not here, is he? And um, then he wanted to take us to a desert island where we'd get bum-raped for the rest of our short lives. That was, and that was, um, that was nice. Uh, why was I talking about him? Because oh, in, the old, yeah. in the old days, you would, you know, he would not be shown that letter or it would get thrown in a bin. Because it's, yes. it's online, it gives it a sense of But now of people can send that message to your phone yeah. in your pocket. Well, they can send it directly to you. Yeah. But, they can, but also, it has a sense of importance because it's on the internet, which isn't, doesn't make it. It's no more meaningful than those stupid letters that in the old days you'd have ignored or just said oh that person's a sex pest they're the worst yes. person in the world uh, but now you know there's a and that gang mentality means that people can... I take it all too personally online yeah. I really do and again it goes back to you know you know, the 11 o'clock show and being able to dish it out but not take it and I try not to dish it out anymore I try not because I and also you know you, you're finding this out at this precise moment you get to meet people that you've slagged off on telly and generally generally they're all right Apart from one notable exception, who I won't mention, I'll tell you later on. Um, I won't mention it because he'll slag me off again. What? No, I'm not going to tell. No, 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 I'm not. If you, uh, uh, no, I'm not. I'm not. I ain't going to find out. I'll tell you in the next podcast. Okay, you can tell. You. Um, if you come but, back next week. But you, uh, you know, you slag these people off on telling, then you meet them, and, and they generally they're like just nice yeah, people. They're nice, lovely people. Yeah. Was that, where, where were we going with that? No. Oh, yeah. We no, get, but, you but I think, you know, I don't think... It's, I think those things, they take on a sense of importance, and yeah, and if you feel like the world's against you, yeah. but it's actually 50 idiots who are against yeah, yeah. you. I mean, it's much harder if it is someone saying, I'm going to come find you and rape you, or someone saying that recently uh, Jess Phillips was getting people, I wouldn't even rape you, and then everyone got behind that going, yeah, he said he wouldn't rape you, so he wasn't having a go at you. And like, people, adults genuinely arguing that tweeting someone, I wouldn't even rape you isn't a threat yeah, yeah. Okay, I wouldn't need, I'm, I'm not going to turn up at your house and murder your children tonight I've had that oh, thanks for letting me I've know had people, I've had people saying I'm going to kill your kids and stuff yeah, on yeah. Twitter and stuff like that and it's yeah. just like that, that's hard not to take personally because they, they, you know, they're not but that's um, I, I had a guy that was emailing me for ages right this was only a few years ago three or four years ago and he would say um, it's, it, he would say things like um, I think Mark Chapman the guy who shot John Lennon is, is greatly misunderstood you know I think he was a bit of a hero uh, and, it, and his emails went on. Basically, he, was th- he threatened to shoot me. And I took it to the police. And they said, yeah, there's nothing we can do. I said, right, this guy's threatening to, to shoot me. He's gonna, he says he knows where I live. And he's going to shoot me. And they said, right, yeah, there's nothing we can do. If you spot anything suspicious, <laughs> dial 999. And I said, what? Like, if I spot a man pulling a gun out of his coat and aiming at me, that's when I should call you, is it? They went, yeah, yeah, that would be, we'll see if we can do something. Then. And they, they, they didn't give a shit. Yeah, well, it's just they weren't fans of the eleven o'clock show. That was, <laughs> <laughs> that was it. But you know, there's the, it's there's the, well, and jo- Josie Long recently had like just someone sent her a, oh, a load of pictures horrible, of murder yes. victims. I think Fred West victims another victim yes. with her picture at the end yeah. of it. And they the, she took it to the police, and the police couldn't do anything with that. But they can do, you know, they can if they can be bothered to do stuff about. It. They can if they. It just yeah, takes yeah. a lot of work to. It depends which copy you talk to. Some are good, and some don't don't care about that kind of stuff. But. Um, why? I don't that Josie Long thing was horrible, man, wasn't it? Yeah, Why but there's just... lots of really horrible things. The thing is, most people aren't, you know, aren't going to 
most people who warn you aren't going to do anything about yes. them. The people you have to worry about are the people who well, don't warn you. But then you get, <laughs> but then you get things like Lily Allen, who, Lily yeah. Allen, who um, had a, the, the fellow had been, you know, sending her messages and stuff for years, and then turned up in her bedroom one yeah. night. You know, so there are fruitcakes out there. Oh, no, you know, definitely. There was a girl in Japan, Japanese pop star, who a guy had sent her a gift, and she hadn't. He felt she hadn't been uh, as responsive about that gift as possible, and so he um, it didn't quite kill her, but he nearly killed her. I think he attacked her and stabbed her and stuff. So yeah, I mean these fuckers are the. I can't believe I got nine. No, look at that guy. I've got through nine series. He sat there every single time. <laughs> you think if anyone's just going to pull out a gun? <laughs> long as we get it on camera that's all I, that's all I ask <laughs> at tackline <laughs> I know them by their their internet oh, their Twitter nice. handles that's nice yeah. but that's good about what you're doing here is that it's kind of very intimate and you have a, a I imagine um, a kind of a nice relationship with a significant number of your fans no? fuck them okay yeah. good <laughs> fair enough they're, yeah they're alright some of them are alright <laughs> I'm like a I'm like a dad from the 1970s. I can't show, I can't show them that I like them. Really. <laughs> Thanks for the money, guys. Cheers. Got my old Apple Watch there. Thanks for that. <laughs> Cheers. <laughs> couldn't I couldn't afford the swanky one? I just had to get the basic level. Please buy more tickets next. So you're a big fan of the monkeys? Yes. Um, and you know Mickey Delens? Yes. Have you talked to him about Metal Mickey and his part in Metal Mickey very much? Not very. We're not very much. No. We've not sat down. That's mainly what I would talk about. Metal Mickey. I would yeah. wait a bit. I go. Oh, I love the yeah. monkeys. I yeah. oh, love like last train to Clarkstown. That was good. Yeah. That's what I'd do. And then I go. What happened with Metal Mickey? How was that? <laughs> it was I'd good. Metal Mickey. It was it? good. Mickey Delens uh, directed some episodes of Metal Mickey. Uh, do you remember I... Metal Mickey? Yeah. I Who also, doesn't remember Metal Mickey? There was, it was, I also used to think he looked like Pigsy in Monkey Magic. Yeah. And I was convinced as an eight-year-old kid that it was the same guy. Right. right? And that I made up this whole world in my head where he had a contract where he could only appear in things with the word monkey in the title. <laughs> and I genuinely believed that until I was about 15 years old. And then I realised it was a Chinese fella in... Yeah. Or Japanese Did you talk, Have you talked to Mickey Delens about that? I've not mentioned that to him, no. <laughs> Although when, when we went to see them at the Royal Albert Hall a few years ago... My wife said, um, what's the name of the chinese one? I said, what? She said, one of them's Chinese. I said, no, it's not. She said, one of them's Chinese. She said, no, they're not. And Mickey Donalds comes out. She went, look him, he's Chinese. He's not, he's just got a very tired face. I nearly, I nearly, he's got a very tired face that gives an impression of China. Well, that is, that's the second most racist thing you've said this year. So... <laughs> The first most racist what thing you said this year was yes. when you're on Pointless Celebrities oh, for and you had, to, <laughs> you had to guess this song or the pop group based on a picture and there was a picture of two Indian girls in front of some spice. So there's quite an obvious thing and you said corner shop. I here's the thing, Richard, which is why you're a racist and I'm not. I didn't notice they were Asian, as I don't see colour. Thank you very much indeed. Yeah, I did. I tried to outthink. I was trying. I was pointless. I was trying to. 
be cleverer than, than pointless, yeah. you know. And I said, corner shop, fucking hell, that was outrageous, wasn't it? Outrageous. I didn't see, I didn't see the spices. I didn't see they were Asian. I just thought, oh, 1997, the Brit Award, the, the corner shop were big then. I think they were nominated for a Brit corner shop. Massive racist. Massive racist. Yeah. So you've, you've been releasing... Let's get back to the monkeys. You don't have to. No, I like to. You've been releasing like, monk, rare monkeys records. and Only I'm interested in that, though. I know, but that's amazing. That, so that's no, amazing. it's not. No, you're it doing, now you're doing your sincere face. I'm, in, I'm sincerely amazed. Oh, you, weren't you upset about David Bowie dying because you like the other David Jones more? Is well, that that's why he changed his name because yeah. of David Jones from the Monkees. I cried it's the curse when, of being called David Jones. I cried when David Jones died. Yeah. I was singing Daydream Believer to my little boy to get him to sleep when yeah. I got a text from a friend saying, oh, bad news about David Jones. Yeah. I was thinking, oh, God, no, he's a paedophile, he's a paedophile. <laughs> Genuinely, it was at that period when... <laughs> you know, it was that time when everyone, it was, everyone was a paedophile. And, um, and then another one said, oh, I'm really sorry about David. I think, oh, God, no, what? And I googled it, and he died. And, yeah. um, and I was singing that. Do you think it was you singing that song that killed him? <laughs> Could have been the thing that just pushed him. Just pushed him. I was heartbroken when David Jones died. I had a wee yeah. next to him once. There's nothing there. It was, it was, a, it was a, a urinal. There was an empty urinal, and then there was someone else. Yeah. I, w- I went to the cubicle, and I thought, "No, fuck it. This is my only chance to have a wee next to a monkey." So I went. <laughs> so, to, so I walked out of the cubicle, yeah. and then I went in between them. Went, All right, Dave. Do you find, get uh, nerves from when you... I can't go on the, cu- the, the urinals often because I'm too nervous. So if I was standing next to someone that I admired a lot, I think I wouldn't be able to wee. Oh, no, I was looking at his willy. Yeah. As you would do. Yeah. I was looking at his willy. So you weren't weeing. Or were you no. weeing and looking... Or were you, weeing, were you looking at his willy? I was stroking one out. Yeah. It was, a, the, it was the most erotic moment of my life. <laughs> now I get why some men do that at, at urinals. <laughs> it was wonderful. No, I, 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 I didn't... I, he, he, I don't remember the specifics of the, yeah. the, the actual wee, but I remember yeah. being stood next to him while he was... And was what was his Willie like? It was, it was nice, yeah, it was nice, beautiful, yeah, yeah, yeah. lovely. Yeah. Not, I think now he's dead. We should remember it. <laughs> it seems a uh, you know respectful thing to do. It just seemed very respectful thing to describe to do. in detail. What it no, I'm not like. going to go into detail. Uh, respect private, for him. It was a private moment between two men um, <laughs> having a well smash. between one man and a man who wasn't really aware he was being spider. He <laughs> <laughs> was innocently trying to wee. I mean, I wish it was he, the 60s. Still. He was aware I was spying on him. He was, he was aware. He was cool with it. Yeah. Oh, I'll do Dirty, I'll do dirty Britcom Confession. You have one uh, Dirty Britcom Confession. Are you aware of this site? No. It's a site where people can go and leave their sexual fantasies about comedians. Oh, yeah. Uh, and you have one person that's gone to that site. Oh, that's nice. And what that one person oh, has said... This will be romantic. Looking forward to this. Is whenever I listen to Ian Lee on the radio, I spend the whole time imagining him taking me doggy style and pushing my face into the pillow. <laughs> wow. What I like about that is you, your shows are quite long. Yeah, yeah. And that's just the entire time. Just gosh, you take some concentration. <laughs> just I'm still imagining. God, I'd, would I be suffocating yet? I don't know. I used to get women who write to me stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. She would phone up, and she was obviously nuts. And she'd say, "Oh, you would you would say things just as I thought them," <laughs> and I would say, "Well." Yeah, because I said them and then you thought them. She goes, no, no, literally at the same time, you know, you'd say a word and I'd be thinking that word. And then she would write me letters about um, how she um, used to pleasure herself whilst listening to the show and looking yeah. in the mirror. It was horrible. 
She's, oh, she's listening now. Well, I, 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 she was quite old. This yeah. was about ten years ago, so okay. I suspect she's no longer with us. Okay. Thank Christ. <laughs> <laughs> Only one entry. One entry. I'm, I was, I was well, impressed. I'm talking about the specifics of this, this event. <laughs> There's only one entry. <laughs> Just like it's a long time to be imagining just a very specific thing, and also that you know the the I mean the phoning show it's I mean it, it, you know it, sometimes it's quite miserable. <laughs> yeah. So I you know people talking about suicide and shit like that. So I mean maybe yeah. that's what gets them off. Maybe I don't know. That's, if they're imagining that you're still doing the show while you're doing it, so it's sort of rutting. Tell you what it felt like when <laughs> you uh, wanted to kill yourself. <laughs> Get in the pillow. I've told you. Head in the pillow. Oh, dear. That's a very specific um, nice desire. Um, well, if that, per- if that person, male or female, wants to get in touch, then uh, please send me an email. <laughs> let's, right. let's work this out. <laughs> let's work something out, guys. Let's talk about the persuasionists. Andy McH was very keen to hear more about the persuasionists. Oh, yeah, what do you want to know? Uh, what did you think? Of- Why well, You asked Adam what he thought of it, because you were both in it. it. And you, what, so what, do you, what is your honest opinion of the right, persuasionists? So persuasionist the sitcom-, sitcom that we did um, the year that Michael Jackson died. And I can never remember. Was that six years ago, seven years when ago? When I did Hitler Moustache. 2007, 2009. Uh, definitely, it's after 2007. No, she said seven years ago. Oh, okay, 2009. Um, and Still it, counting. It was, it, waiting for the comeback. It was, it was a sitcom that was um, done by people, you know, by Ian Morris and um, David Beasley, who did um, In Between Us. And um, they, they put me in it, and it had Adam Buxton in it, and uh, Daisy Haggard, and... Um, um, loads of people like Simon Farnaby Simon Farnaby was in it and Jared Christmas and it's a really good cast but the script the script was shit that was the thing you know and, and, and as we were doing it there were some funny bits in it right and I don't think it was as bad as everyone said it was but it wasn't it, was, it wasn't brilliant you know I, I, as we were doing it I was thinking this is this is weird it doesn't feel very funny mm. but you know what did I know I'd never acted before and um uh I didn't know what I was doing and I trusted the people that were making it and we did it and um, it, you know, it flopped terribly and it got a terrible mauling <laughs> by... But kind of right... What, uh, it wasn't as bad... It wasn't very good. Well, it's, there's not... I looked, tried to look up on YouTube yeah. so I could watch a bit because I didn't really watch it at the time. No, no, no um, one did. I mean, there was a, there's a bit... Well, I thought it was a genuine thing. It's worth going on... <laughs> it's worth going on YouTube to see it. Uh, it there's, a, there's a bit called The Persuasionist, The Best Bits. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> and it says from the it looks like it's from the time it says clips from yeah. the fantastic you know, it looks yeah, yeah. really genuine and it has the whole opening titles and then Daisy Hager comes in says something it cuts to Adam oh, saying fantastic. something someone else saying someone else saying something and then the end credits brilliant. play <laughs> brilliant brilliant uh, but it's worth looking at I've ruined it now obviously if you want to uh, but I, I enjoyed doing it and we got paid a lot of money for it and um, uh, you know it was it was fun to do it was fun working with those guys but yeah, yeah it, was, it, was a, it was a stinker you know it was I think it's weird. The bit, the bit I saw, I've seen a bit with you and Adam in it. And I think, I think for me, the weird thing is it's it's impossible to escape that it's you and Adam. So yeah. It's because it's a it's a someone you, people you recognise from other things. Yeah. And it's like an old-fashioned so, studio yeah, yeah. sitcom. And Adam's playing it quite. He's acting like he's in a sitcom, which is quite yeah. unusual for him. But yeah. And I couldn't act. All right. And we did. We did. There were six episodes, and the first episode we did about three or four times over a period of months as different pilots. Right. Yeah. So I knew the script for that really well, and we recorded it on a Thursday. Then on the Sunday we'd get the script for next Thursdays. Right. So you had to, I had to learn a whole show in 
in four or five days and they kept changing it and I couldn't do it I just couldn't it'd been years since I'd had to learn a script because 11 o'clock show was all on autocue so yeah. I hadn't learned a script for 15 years and we had to learn a script you know new script every four days and so I wasn't acting I was literally just sitting there clinging on to the words thinking right what are the next words they finish speaking so I say this bit and then I sit and it was you know so I didn't it was a very tense experience (laughs) I mean yeah it was it was a stinker it's a weird thing though because with comedy for some reason people get furious about it if it's not if it doesn't hit for them yeah so if it was a drama if you'd done Mad Men instead of The Persuasionist yeah yeah and it hadn't worked people would have gone oh that didn't work that's a shame but people are furious about it it's it's sort of odd very angry there are so many factors that go into making a good sitcom and it's the script is whether you know it's whether everyone's gelling I think from the tiny bits I've seen I just think it looks like they've picked you know actors out of a hat rather than thinking who's good not everyone's alright but together it just doesn't work it doesn't work they tried to make it look they they tried to kind of make the the IT crowd again but then you've already got the IT crowd so why would you do it um yeah, it was. It was. It wasn't good. And then you know. And then I got an, you know another mauling for that. I've given up on TV. TV gave up on me about then, and I gave up on TV about three years ago. I finally realised they're not going to come knocking for me. I don't like it anyway. I like the money. We're both saying you know TV pays better than radio and yeah. stuff. Um, but they're not going. I'm not going to get a proper. I get asked to do like you were saying on the Saturday show. I've been on there. And it's, it's fun. If I'm free and it's not going to humiliate me too much. I'll do it, you know. You know, I'm doing the talking head programs again because yeah. it, it's five hundred quid for sitting in a room for an hour talking about toys or the nineties or whatever. I don't, I don't really give a shit what people think about me on TV anymore. If it pays all right and I'm free and I keep my clothes on, then I'll do it. You know, <laughs> that, and that is, is pretty much what it boils down to. I'll do yeah. it. But TV's also changed into quite a different beast. So that is that's the only things you can really do now. I mean, yeah. It's, it's, it's well. It's I think as a comedian, it's you're you. You know, you've you've. I'm not. I wouldn't, I'm not. Well, you straddle no. lots of. I can, yeah, great. I can say that. <laughs> I wouldn't say you're a comedian, which uh, is what he says to me in the Edinburgh Fringe. Uh, it's. <laughs> so, so don't. It's a low. Yeah. Um, but no, you, you know, you're doing lots of. It's, there, you know, there are there are only these opportunities. Yeah. That's what I, I get offered, like talking head things. And I, 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 I don't do panel shows. I fucking hate them. Right. I did a few, and they were horrible. I did. Um, they think it's all over. Is that a sports one? Isn't yeah, it? yeah. And I didn't. This was really early on, early on in the eleven o'clock show, and I hated it. I didn't know anything about sport, and it, they're just like horrible boys clubs yeah. I remember Gary Lineker turning to me half they come in early in the day with all the jokes all the jokes are written out and Rory McGraw would just go I'm having that I'm having that and you get left with these shitty gags and um, halfway through the record and I, I was so humiliated Gary Lineker just turned to me and went who the fuck are you <laughs> like that and I was just like oh Jesus I just want to disappear and I've done a few panel shows since I did 8 out of 10 cats and I had a horrible time on there I upset one of the panel members and they were just it was, it was during, um, it was on the 7-7, seven, seven, the day of the 7-7 seven, seven bombings, right? right? And uh, I didn't make a joke about it, don't worry. Go- <laughs> and I got a call, my friend was producing it, Dom, and I got a call about 4 o'clock in the afternoon saying, we're, we're recording 8 out of 10 cats tonight, we've had two people drop out because of the 7-7 seven, seven bombings. Um, would you come in at last minute and do it? I was like, yeah, of course I will. So I went in, I'd missed the dress rehearsal, I'd missed the allocation of all of the gags, and I, you know, I can't write gags, save my life. And I got there about seven, and it was being recorded in Television Centre, but there was, it was weird, there was no audience. They wouldn't let the audience in, because BBC yeah. was a, a terror threat. Uh, so it was an empty studio, and we were there. And I upset one of the comedians to the point where, when it was my turn to do my piece, he went, go on then, Ian, go on. 
And I'd start a line, go on, this is going to be funny, I'm looking forward to this, go on then. And I just went, do you know what, I'm, I'm not, I don't want to be here and I'm not, and I just was silent for the rest of the show. It was so uncomfortable that Jimmy Carr afterwards phoned me up and he said, I'm so sorry about that, that was, that was atrocious what happened. Yeah. And that was the last time I ever did a panel show, I hate it, because you've got to get your elbows in and get your dicks I think, out. I think I there are different ones, there are ones that are like that and there are ones that aren't. I mean, that's the, there are some sort of more yeah. laddie ones, which is about the competitiveness. I don't thing. like it, I don't no, like I don't. any of that I stuff. I thought, you would, I thought you would have enjoyed that, thrived I in that kind of world. No, I, I like the ones where you can... I, the Radio 4 ones are great because yeah. they, A, generally have a much better male-female ratio, yeah. which I think really helps get rid of that, and it becomes more, therefore becomes more chatty yeah. and about people supporting each other and telling your stories and joining in, if you, you know, which is, that's what I'm more interested in. Rather, than, I saw the... We, I remember watching... Um, they think it's all over on the... When you go to the TV centre, you can watch what's going on in the studio on a feed. You know, if you, mm. So I was, I, we were up working on some TV show while that was on, and I was watching it going through. And uh, Sean Mia, who's a, is a stand-up comic, was the warm-up guy. Okay, yeah. And he was coming on, tr- warming up the audience. And Lee Hurst could see Sean Mio getting laughs in the warm, you know, in the, in the bit between the rounds and clearly couldn't stand the fact that even at that point he was, and he came down as the star of the show and started bantering between them yeah. and then took over the warm-up from the warm-up guy. God. And I just thought that's sort of typical of that. Yeah. You know, they, they, they're so competitive <laughs> that they can't even, oh, they can't even let someone get the last one which isn't even going to be in the show. So. Vinnie Jones, Vinnie, I was on with Vinnie Jones and his comedic piece was to threaten to take me outside and beat the crap out of me. <laughs> and I was like, I'll, I'll, I'll sort you out, I'll sort you out. I was thinking, oh, fuck, this is horrible. This is horrible. <laughs> but I thought it's what you had to do. I thought you had to go and do that thing. It was Harry, um, uh, Harry Thompson, wasn't it? Yeah. Who was producing it then. It was brilliant, it was brilliant, you know, and he was doing the 11 o'clock show and he was a genius producer. He's dead now, unfortunately, but he was, he was a genius. And he convinced me to to go on twice he convinced right. me to go on and I just oh, I fucking hated it they're very difficult I, mean, I think it is getting, I think they're sort of getting um, a bit more uh, the Radio 4 ones are nice because yeah. you're right I've not been on them but I listen to them and you get the impression that it is more of a shared experience and it is less you know the, the egos seem to be held in check quite considerably but I don't even watch them on. I don't even watch telly anymore I don't even watch much telly but they're all just who can shout the loudest and I don't like any of that stuff yeah well, so then you're doing a lot of radio. Yes. And you're the wild man of radio, and that's yes, because you've been you were you've, you've, well, you've left jobs a bit, and you've been, I've been sacked from loads. Yeah, of jobs. You've been yeah. sacked from jobs. You were sacked from your last job before Talk Radio. I was sacked from the BBC. I was doing BBC Local Radio. You know, I, I yeah. disappeared into the wilderness for a few years and did BBC Local Radio, and I got sacked from there because uh, I had an argument with these horrible right-wing Christians, this horrible yeah. group, Christian group, Christian concern. They're nasty. And uh, they want to ban abortion, make abortion illegal, ban homosexuality, all of this stuff, and make it legal to bully people for being gay, all of this stuff. Nasty. And they came on, and they were talking about um, this um, guy, Barry Tra- Reverend Barry Trahorn, who was working as a gardener in a prison for sex offenders. And he'd done a bit of lay preaching, and he he got suspended because he said that being gay was a sin and you know sinners go to hell and all this stuff and we had this this lawyer on from Christian Concern and she said Ian I don't hate gays I love gays that's why I want to save them from eternal damnation (laughs) and I just I went nuts right this is on the BBC local radio program at 20 past 6 in the morning and I went nuts and I just said you're disgusting you're a bigot what you're saying is disgusting and uh, you know I think you're dangerous and you're you're horrible and and they um 
after the show, they put a little button on their website that said, um, yet again, Christianity is being attacked by the BBC. It wasn't an attack on Christianity, it was an attack on arseholes. <laughs> yet again, Christianity is being attacked by the BBC. Click this button to get this presenter the sack. And they could, you know, only about 160 people clicked a button. And, um, but it was enough for people, oh, uh, it was enough for people to, um, for the BBC to panic and um, to uh, ask me to leave. Yeah. BBC, you know, I love the BBC, but they they uh, they wouldn't stick by me because I called it a bigot. It, a bigot. I, yeah, but it did seem weird. I mean, like I think I heard it obviously when it because it, it was playing at the time, and uh, you know, I think yeah, maybe you're overstepping your mark as an yeah. impartial. Yeah. But then the, if you listen to like even the Radio Two main Jerry and Vine yeah. show, he's always given his. Stupid right we've got, another text, we've got another text from a truck driver. I've had to pull over Jeremy with tears in my eyes. That's the constant. So, you know, it's, that's what good radio is to, to get opinions yeah. out there. If she's giving her opinion, you should be able to give your opinion as well. But that, you know, so it seemed. Impartiality was what they, they, six months later, they eventually told me they'd let me go for. But my boss phoned me up two weeks later and I said, why? Some of the stuff I'm not allowed to talk about legally. But I said, why, why haven't I got a job anymore? And she couldn't answer the question. Took her six... took me asking the question six times for her to say, well, you lost your temper, Ian. That was never mentioned in the report. Yeah. So, you know, I'm, I'm gutted. I love that job. And, um, you know, I'm disappointed. Yeah. I mean, it does... It, but the BBC are obviously very sensitive at the moment yeah. and worried about losing yeah. their light. You know, I mean, it's... it's it they should makes stick me, up for, for, well, for gay people and bisexual people. They and definitely should. People. It makes me... You know, it's, I'm very upset that they're yeah. so worried about losing whatever freedom they have that they're just giving yeah. away their own freedom and it wasn't an attack on Christianity at all no. it's, it's not my thing but if that's your thing man then that's cool it's not, it wasn't you know I'm, I'm not anti-religion I had loads of people afterwards tweeting me saying come and join our anti-Christianity our anti-Muslim <laughs> you would never say that to a Muslim I got and actually I did say it to a Muslim I, I did have a got a Muslim fellow once because they were anyway but um, all these all these anti-religious groups kind of get trying. I said no, it's not an anti-religion thing at all. You know, I, I'm not. Anti, I just anti-bigotry and hatred. And the BBC yeah. should have had a fucking spine and stood by me and, and said, yeah, you know what you said. You perhaps should, said it, you know, in perhaps slightly too forceful a way. But the message that you said was great. Yeah. Almost a spontaneous round of applause, guys. Yeah. Almost a spontaneous. But then I think you've got a lot of backing, and obviously it's led on to other stuff, and you've got this... Uh, I've got a better job. Yeah. I, I mean, in between the, 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 get that and getting a better job, I had a breakdown, and, you know, and I grew a beard, and, you know, wanted, you know all of those shit things. But, yeah, I've got a better job, and it's, it's much and, you know, better. It's not just on in three counties, is it, your radio no, it's, show? No, it's, 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 it's on across the country, on DAB. <laughs> across the so world. probably two counties <laughs> get it, but, yeah, it's good. But yeah, so I mean, it's, you're obviously very sensitive, and it upset you yes. a lot. And yes, I mean, it, yeah, it's yeah. Oh well, uh, oh well. Hey, I'm sorry I said that stuff about you. I've, in, uh, <laughs> I've not had one offer from any gay men uh, as a result of me sticking up for you guys. I stood up for you guys. And not one of you has come forward and offered to um, show well, me what I was standing up for. We don't know if the uh, doggy-style pillow person is male or female. See you afterwards. <laughs> I, I think you might regret that. <laughs> <laughs> He's a live, live wire. Fuck it. I'm, I, you know anything these days. Yeah, if <laughs> Sort it out. Sort it out. Uh, well, um, I mean, you, do, you should also listen to the Adam Buxton podcast and we yeah. should discuss uh, your... It's a little bit more downbeat than this one. It is. <laughs> it is. But, you know, it's a little bit downbeat. 
you know, he doesn't talk about children with cancer falling out of bed. That's the, that's what I've got over it's him. Even more downbeat than that's that. What <laughs> that's what I've got over him. So, I could, where, if I want, you've got Mickey DeLenz's new single. Yes. I can buy that. Where can I buy? You that? don't need to plug this shit. I want to no, buy it. But no one's gonna. No one here is interested in that. Literally, you can buy. You can buy it on Amazon. You can buy it on Amazon. Wow. Yeah, you can get it there, I'm man. Gonna, I'm not gonna Seriously. Buy it. Is it only on vinyl or can you get it on CD? It's only on vinyl, but it'll be coming out on CD later in the year, but we're not telling anyone it's coming out on CD later in the year because okay. we're not 100% sure. Okay. We've so, <laughs> got an actual proper record label, right? We've had about four or five albums out, and it turns out running a record label is really, really expensive. Yeah. Really expensive, and you don't make any money. You just, you just seem to constantly pay money, and um, yeah, I'm skint as a result of it. Don't tell my wife. Don't, seriously. She knew... Well, how's the record label? Yeah, brilliant. Yeah, we sold loads. Yeah. <laughs> Quids in. Quids in. We're, not, we're, we're several thousand pounds down. But, but it doesn't matter. It's good to be doing something you love. Though. It's good to be chucking money at something, it yes. Is. Well, look at this load of shit. They've chucked, <laughs> they've chucked money I, at you. I don't this. even have Mickey DeLenz in this. This, is cost, this is 35 grand, this series. It's going to cost me. Gosh. Well, we'll you, get it back. Got, you've got off to a real, uh, a real boom as well with this. <laughs> Uh, all right, we will. Uh, I'll, I'll ask you one more new emergency question. Okay. I feel Still like I've let you down. No, you have really. No, haven't. I feel like I have. I feel you like really I've, haven't. After after uh, afterwards, you'll go. Yeah, see, I, I was right. Fit nineteen years ago, he was, he was a prick. <laughs> he was a prick. I knew it. You phone up Stu. We were right. We were right. Let's get back together just to tear him another one. I don't know. You know, maybe I got the wrong. Lee was the prick at the time. <laughs> Um, what's the he best? He said you'd say that. What's uh, what's the best museum you've ever been to? Oh fucking hell, museums! <laughs> Why did you start with museums? Um, I like all the big, the big popular ones. The science museums also. Last time I was at the science museum, there was an arsehole of a woman though. Who, yes. uh, yeah, there was a really nasty woman, right? My two little boys. They're, they're only six and four years old, and they're playing on this thing, right? And I'm really conscious of, um, uh, too conscious of my kids not having too many other go, too many goes on things when there are other, other children waiting to play on stuff, mm-hmm. right? So we waited ages and ages while these little kids had like 15, 20 goes on this thing. And my boys were having their goes and they're on their third go. And I could see this woman with her kids. And I said, all right, guys, one more go after this. And then we're going to, a short little game. Then we'll let the next people have a go. And she said, this woman said really loudly, Oh, what rude children you've got, not letting people have a go. I went, I beg your pardon. She went, look, look at your rude children. Just stu- they've been stood there for ages. And I said, I beg your pardon. Got, this is their fourth go. Oh, you could, you, you're a terrible father. And then I did... And then I did a thing that I instantly... I was fucking furious, right? Really furious. <laughs> but I didn't want to argue in front of my kids, right? And she was just going shouting really loudly. Oh, look at these... Re-. And I did this thing, and I really wish I hadn't done it. I got my phone out and started filming her, right? And then she got her phone out and started filming me. And so we stood there like this, right? <laughs> filming each other. And then we had this massive argument. And I said, how dare you criticise my children? Well, you were very rude. And then my youngest started crying. And the eldest got very upset. And I'm holding the youngest. And this woman was shouting at me. Her children were ugly as well. <laughs> really ugly children. And I didn't say that. I could have said it. And I didn't say it. In the end, I just, I just went, look, look at my boy, he's crying. I hope you're proud of yourself. And I, and I, I walked off. So, the Science Museum. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's been, it's been very lovely talking to you, Ian. Let's... Uh, no hard feelings about... <laughs>
Thank you, man. Thank you very much for coming. Ian Lee, ladies and gentlemen. That's the Square Theatre Podcast with me, Rich Tang, and my guest, Ian Lee. The music is by Pest. Thank you to everyone at the Leicester Square Theatre for putting up with us as usual. Thank you to everyone at Go Fast and Strike for putting this out. Thank you to everyone at the British Comedy Guide, especially Orange Mark, who hasn't had any orange juice for a long time. This show was produced and is produced by Ben Walker. It is a Go Fast and Strike, Sky Potato and Fuzz production. Thanks for listening. If you've enjoyed this, do think about contributing some money at gofasterstripe.com slash badges, or you can come and see me on tour. I've got a new tour just revving up of a best-of show called Richard Herring, The Best. Oh, well, that sounds like I'm the best. Oh, what a mistake. Uh, if you go to richherring.com slash gigs, you can find out all about where that's coming, and there will be a tour all through the autumn and the spring. So book ahead. It went quite well this time. Thanks very much if you came to see Happy Now. It, was, it went quite well. Thanks, see you next time. Bye. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Thanks for listening. RichardHerring.com slash gigs. GoFasterStripe.com for all my books, downloads, all that sort of shizzle. Oh, yeah, I know all the cool words. And um, would love to see you on the, on the Can I Have My Ball Back tour if you can make it. Bye.